Hello. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Oh, you know, it's going. It's Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely Sunday afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Relaxing Sunday vibes. Yeah, I'm highly caffeinated also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. What are you doing for coffee? Um, what do you mean? I make it? <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> That's one of the options. But I also wanted to know if you're making instant coffee or are you making that oh. Dalgona stuff that everyone's talking about or are you getting like cold <laughs> oh brew? My, my sister made that, what is it called? Dalgona? Dalgona, yeah. Um, which uh, apparently now there's a dispute about whether Indian people had invented it before and just never got credit. So now it's turning into like a big nationalist thing. <laughs> Mm, okay. Well, wait, where, where, where are people saying it's from? Oh, so, uh, no, from uh, Korea. So, uh, like, I think the way oh. it's described right now, it seems very much something that was invented in Korea during their COVID um, uh, lockdown. So people were home and they had a lot of oh. coffee and they decided to make this, like, mm. whipped type thing. And they have a honeycomb mm. candy called... Dalgona, which I think this tastes like or looks similar to, or there's some similarity, and people were like, oh, it's like that honeycomb candy. And so that's mm. how the name came about. Okay. I mean, it's cute. I would like, if it was in front of me, I would definitely like try it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all have the time to whip coffee for 10 minutes at a time now. <laughs> No, um, I've been I've been drinking. I have a I have one of the. It's not it's not a Chemex Chemex. <laughs> wow. Oh, um, yeah, like a, a Chemex. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I, I don't have it's not something uh, similar, and mm. I just use drip with a filter. Um, and in the beginning, I had like a nice Trader Joe's one, like a coffee. Um, mm-hmm. A, a, dark, a dark roast and then and then I ran out of that and then I started using this old like Starbucks one that I found also in the kitchen and I was like alright and, and now I'm out of that and then I found this huge tub of Folgers um, that my parents use and now I'm just living off of that <laughs> yeah I mean we just have to make do with what you have to... <laughs> yeah exactly that's a shame. Well, um, so I, yeah, I've been drinking instant coffee, which um, is a mm. little bit embarrassing because uh, I, I told someone no. that recently and he was like, really? Why? Like, why are things that bad? And um, I think it's, it, it, it was just easier. And but what I'm realizing is it's just not good. Like, there's not enough caffeine. It doesn't taste good. And I need mm, to make mm. myself like multiple cups. So yeah. I caved and I bought on Amazon um, this like cold brew maker. Which is basically just like a thing with a filter in it and you like put coffee and you leave it in for 12 hours. Um, mm, cool. But that I hope will be closer to the coffee experience that I'm used to in like New York City. <laughs> Where do you usually get coffee? Well, so usually we have uh, a coffee barista in our office, which is like really bougie, obviously. <laughs> but we have like Joe's Coffee that um, they have a store uh, in like, yeah. the West Village. They also have a little like pop up in our office. And so uh, cool. you can get whatever you want. Like they make all sorts yeah. of cappuccinos and mixed drinks and things too. Yeah. I remember coming to your office at night. Remember that one time when we like went. You took us, I think it was me and Eileen, you took us to your office. Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was showing you around. <laughs> yeah, were we tipsy also? I don't know if that's professional, but no, I was showing <laughs> you around. Um, 
Yeah, no, that was really fun. That was that was cute. <laughs> um, was was so, the Joe's Coffee downstairs? It was downstairs. Yeah. So yeah. It, it wasn't open then, obviously, because it was after work hours. But yeah, that's when mm. it's usually um, open. And that's so cool. It spoils you because you're just used to getting coffee at work, and it's like good coffee. Yeah. I'm so jealous of all these fancy offices that I've never I've never worked in one of those, but I've seen I've like been in and visited, you know, a good amount um and I always like to see like what kind of perks um everyone has. Yeah, I think it's I mean it's become that thing where like if you have a tech job, like people want these kinds of perks. Yeah. You should you should ask Alia to take you to to Spotify one day. Yeah, um, I'd love to check it out. Because it's really cute and fun because they have like game rooms and um, so so much like free food um, that's good. They have like this whole huge cafeteria with like a buffet, like a different buffet, like uh, every day. Wow. And it's, 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 it's the most 2020 office I've seen. <laughs> wow. And it's in, um, isn't it in the um, Freedom Tower? It's not in the Freedom Tower. It's in one of the World Trade Center towers. I guess now, like, World Trade Center is, like, a few, three or four buildings. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's in one of them. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, after yeah. we're all allowed to go back to the offices, <laughs> maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you do you know when you might be going back to, to, to work? Not at all. So... This is a question that comes up at every office-wide meeting. And they don't... I mean, at the beginning, they were giving us direction about, okay, we're going to proceed the same way for the next two weeks. And then it was the next two weeks. Then it was the next two weeks. And now they're just like, we don't know. And we're not going to try and pretend like we have a date that we're sure about. So let's just wait and see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, It's all right. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. after this, maybe I'll be better at making cold brew in my own apartment. So I, I won't have to, like, go get it outside. <laughs> yeah. Co- yeah, coffee is expensive. Like, I like having, you know, it's good to have you know, good coffee at home. Yeah, well, and yeah. Don't, and don't feel, bad about, don't, don't feel bad about instant coffee, please. Because <laughs> I, I used to drink instant coffee, like, in my baby coffee days. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and... And yeah, I grew out of it, but only because like it just doesn't like you know other options definitely taste better at, at least like better than Nescafe, which is what I used to drink. Um, I don't know, maybe there's like good instant coffee. What which what do you have? So I have um, because as we were talking about earlier, the stores close to me are like the Korean supermarket and the Japanese supermarket. So first, I mm. got this um, Korean brand, which I forget the name of now. Maxim, I think is the name. And it was like pretty good. Um, and it like, you know, it was, it satisfied my need for, for coffee. And then I switched mm. to this Japanese brand, which has like, it's like 146 or three numbers or something. And it's like, the taste is good, but it doesn't have enough caffeine. So I find myself like making cup after cup after cup to get the same, you know. And also, oh. like the way things work now is it's very hard to focus. <laughs> anyway because of this pandemic so <laughs> i probably need a lot more coffee than i used to to like get to a, a focused place oh uh, <laughs> yeah 
and then you end up maybe like over being over caffeinated and that adds to the anxiety exactly <laughs> exactly it's like is it just enough to be focused or are you just now panicking all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like that's the case with me a lot of the times like I get like excited I'm like I'm gonna drink so much coffee and then I'm like all right well now I fucked myself over and I'm just really anxious uh, <laughs> so hard to measure yeah so how are things going um the quarantine like in general at this point like how are you what are some new coping mechanisms fun things um it's interesting so uh as we talked about earlier like this is like it feels like the new normal so we are mm-hmm. slowly adjusting and i didn't we had a milestone on our team at work recently that we had been this way for seven weeks and i that was shocking to hear because i didn't remember that seven weeks had passed wow. um so what's new and interesting is i think i've become a lot more comfortable not leaving the house as much mm. like mm. initially that that was a big bother to me if i didn't go out every day i felt really weird and then now mm. i'm like oh okay i didn't leave the house at all today and that's like that is not a big deal i'm going to go tomorrow and like go for a walk um that's been interesting to like masks when that first when i saw somebody with a mask i remember in february <laughs> i was like i don't wow. know why i immediately thought like face mask like, like <laughs> skincare face that was the first thing i thought of it's so like... funny i'm not so one of my friends again was telling me yesterday he's doing all these like 11 step facials cuz he has the time Whoa. and Whoa. i was like no i wash my face with soap when i shower and that's it cuz i don't care anymore <laughs> <laughs> so but i mean that's fine, but I don't think soap, like, soap is good to wash your face with. No, no, like, face wash. I'm, I'm not a cretin, oh, like, okay. obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not using, like, a bar of soap or, like, Dawn. <laughs> detergent. Okay, just making sure. I just, like... Just no, concerned. like, I'm still a gay man. Like, obviously. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, Malin and Getz, like, face wash. Like, it's, it's, it's good face wash. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, so that's soap to you, to you. Like, that's soap. Like, that's the bare minimum, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> Like the the lowest shampoo that I ended up getting because I got it as a birthday present. I didn't choose this myself, but I I still have like the Kiehl's shampoo and conditioner I, I got for my birthday last year from a friend, um, mm. and so I have that. And then I have like this Melon gets like face wash, and then I have uh, some Number Seven, which is this like retail brand, uh, but it's like good, um, like face toner mm. and that kind of stuff. But I'm not doing face masks. Like that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I've, I've actually like taken the opportunity uh, in the quarantine to start using different. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what different is. Is it's it's a it's like a retinoid where it you know peels the skin and whoa, uh, it, like just regenerates the skin. And I kind of been using it on my cheeks and nose, and it's not. Um, you have to stay out of the sun when you use it. Um, oh, which is and, easy now. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I was like, okay, let's let's do this now. And I've been using it for about a month now, every night, and it just peels off the skin. And it's it's meant for acne and like acne scars and um, pores and stuff. So I've been uh, that that's that's you know my skincare project at the moment. Wow, that's great. So you're giving yourself like chemical peels. Yeah, it's a chemical peel basically. So it's it's like mild because it's a gel that you put every day, mm-hmm. um, and you you kind of only see like 
significant results after three months so it's kind of like a huge project so i was like okay like i never like had the time or energy to to, to like do it but i thought okay maybe now <laughs> so so yeah wow so, that's very so cool that. yeah yeah maybe it's something to, to think about if my skin starts getting like really wrinkly then maybe but right now <laughs> it's like you have amazing skin. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, um, so instead of like face masks, but like mm. masks to cover up your face. Um, mm. uh, those <laughs> I remember in February I was I, I would get shocked when I would see someone with it because it was so unusual. And mm. now going out with it is like completely normal. And yesterday I had this like socially distant walk with like two other people and we were all wearing face masks. And it was just like, whatever. We didn't even, you know, think about it twice. So yeah. it's, it's weird how quickly that's become easy to accept. Yeah, yeah, I know. And when you when you went on your walk, were you guys like a few feet apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even that part, like, you know, we didn't hug. We couldn't touch mm. each other. We couldn't. It was all just, you know, distant. Um, and then we started talking about other things like so we all have different kinds of face masks and that suggested something about our I don't know personality (laughs) or priorities because before I was using those like surgical masks which were fine but they're Mm. not cute and then I found (laughs) this mask online which is fluorescent yellow and it has like a really nice cut and it fits my aesthetic like it goes with everything else I want to be wearing wow I love where we're at in society (laughs) that's cute exactly and then today I saw on Twitter um, there was this man who was promoting uh, no he was asking Twitter for recommendations of like queer businesses that were making face masks because he wanted to support like a a queer business and someone posted Uh a link to this woman's site where she makes like LGBTQ themed face masks and they're so cute (laughs) there's like one is called just like gay at home instead of stay at home and it uses that (laughs) that, like instagram font um and then there's one with like dinosaurs that are all rainbow colored so it's like gay dinosaurs on your face mask uh then there's like the trans flag there's like the asexual flag on it like it's all it's very cute oh wow (laughs) i love that i haven't really like looked into looked into that but maybe like once what's your face mask situation oh I'm I just I'm using the surgical masks. Um, it's what we have. Um, it's what I have right now. And I, yeah, and I haven't been like going out in like around a lot of people much. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I haven't really used it. But whatever. What, <laughs> maybe this is TMI. But like, I, can you explain this to me? Because I haven't seen anybody talk about it yet. But like, when when you use a face mask, do you kind of realize how? bad your breath smells <laughs> <laughs> yes it does when it's like I'll, I'll realize it when I think uh, because of our diet also being a little bit changed or at least mine has like I'll, mm. I'm drinking so much coffee just to stay focused and not feel sluggish mm. so that like, mm. causes bad breath and then also I'll yeah. realize like I'm leaving the house like hours and hours after like usually in the middle of the day i would have a breath mint or i would chew some gum or something and we even have like mouthwash at, at work so it's like usually i'm doing something to like freshen my breath throughout the day now okay. i'm just like eating and just 
drinking lots of coffee and that's it and then <laughs> so of course i'm gonna have like stank breath when i'm leaving <laughs> nice i mean yeah like that yeah, like I, I use the mask and I'm like, oh God, like is this the ma- smell of the mask or is it me? Like this is awful. <laughs> like I don't know. I think it's definitely not, you. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, I know. Because we're all we're um, all experiencing it. Yeah, so I've been like more aware of that and <laughs> like <laughs> you like I'll use a mouthwash if I if I'm gonna wear a mask. That's smart. Yeah, I think we're all taking on new habits. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you have you been drinking alcohol <laughs> like at, at home? <laughs> so I didn't, um, partly because the only alcohol I ever had or have usually is like whiskey. And there was like the first or second week of this quarantine, we had like a happy hour that was remote. And so everyone mm. was like, yeah, just, you know, pour yourself a drink of anything you have in the house. And for me, it was whiskey. And then I had two mm. drinks and I was destroyed. Like, I'm a lightweight to begin <laughs> with. And that was just, like, awful because it was at, like, 6 p.m. It was really early. I had two glasses of, like, whiskey. Uh, not full glasses, but still. And then the rest of the night, I was just a wreck. And I was like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh. So I stopped drinking. Um, because I had no options. And then yesterday we uh, went to a grocery store and I, I got some cider. So very low alcohol content. Oh, okay. Nice. And that was Cute. nice. That was nice to have like by myself because it, it wasn't going to make me feel drunk and it wasn't, but it was like refreshing also. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, that um, I haven't, um, unfortunately, uh, just because I'm with my dad mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, I just don't usually you know kind of drink in front of him and mm-hmm. i don't also haven't been you know i don't have the opportunity to just like go and you know get some and where am i gonna put it like in my room i don't know um <laughs> but, like, it's so like high school <laughs> yeah i in a lot of ways i feel like me, like staying being in the house with my dad and like not going out as much i feel like i'm back in high school um which has its pros and cons like cons is that i can't i feel like <laughs> i feel like i'm back in high school um pro is like there's a little bit of structure to like the daily routine like we have dinner together and you know he he's my dad so obviously like you know being lazy and like being in bed all day is not uh, you know good <laughs> it's like mm. um so um it just makes me wonder, like, if I was by myself, like, what sort of shenanigans I would get up to. <laughs> like, would I just be, like, drinking all day, singing in bed all day? And um... <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't know. It's, I... it's interesting because you're not the first person to have said that to me who's, like, with other people. Because people also wonder if they were just left to, to their own devices, would they just go, like, over the top? But it seems like the the real concern is you could just be like really depressed and then not do anything (laughs) because i don't from what i know of other people who are also by themselves like it's not that they're not that they're going on benders it's more like they feel really lonely or they feel like they're not doing enough or they feel like they need to do more work or get a side hustle or you know read a book or do whatever and so it's it's more of that kind of pressure yeah yeah i understand yeah I mean, I, I feel that too, like, you know, I've, I've had to basically, you know, I'm not, I'm not working full time, so I'm just doing freelance. So I do end up having a lot of free time. And so 
I literally just kind of have to fill in my day with things that were fulfilling. And that was hard at first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going out, I'm not seeing friends, I'm not, there's no like fun distractions where you just kind of like, um, you know, fill your day with. So it's like, okay, I have to kind of, you know, figure out fun things to do, creative things to do, and that kind of thing to just kind of fill the day. Um, but go- going back to what you were we were talking about, I did sneak a beer once. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> did it feel really good because you had like snuck it? Yeah. And <laughs> well, you know what? No, it didn't actually. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like I want to like be comfortable doing this. Um, but I, I I did get tips really fast, and I was and I was FaceTiming Ali and Fessel yesterday, and they mm-hmm. also had like a beer each while we were facetiming and mm. they like got tipsy so fast just from one from one bottle um so i'm i'm hoping that all of us not drinking as much and staying home like hopefully by the end of this we'll have like restful beautiful glowing skin and just <laughs> <laughs> like we'll just be so healthy like we'll have time to sleep and then we'll be drinking enough water and then we won't be drinking alcohol yeah, our souls will be tired, but our we, we might look a little bit like a little bit more fresh than usual. Um, one of my coworkers was telling me he's lost fifteen pounds because he's not been drinking. And first of Whoa. all, that's very annoying. I don't want to know that you lost fifteen pounds. That's crazy. Yeah, and drinking like just from drinking. Yeah, because alcohol has a lot of calories, and especially like. When you're living in New York, you have so many opportunities to drink like multiple times in a week. You could have many, many drinks, and that Ooh. it's all sugar, so it, it adds up. Yeah, yeah. Like I never really think about that as much when I'm when I am drinking. I just kind of I don't know. It, it's it's you just get lost in the moment. And that's because you're you, fans. You... That's that's not <laughs> that's not what everyone has to go through. <laughs> I'm not thin, first of all. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but like, no gay man feels that they're they are thin, but, but you are, <laughs> and so you don't have to think about it. Whereas, like, one of my um, coworkers who's actually straight, but he he will be like, oh, I've had two drinks. That's like 140 calories. I need to switch to like vodka waters. Like, that's just mm. like the math that he's always doing because he he feels like he needs to do it. But uh, so on that note, actually. Um, was it weird for you in college at all when you were talking to other people about your parents not drinking or how like how much alcohol is a part of the culture? Like for, for me, for example, it was a bit weird talking to people about um, or just not being able to have those stories of like, yeah, my family has like wine parties or whatever. Or people got really sloshed at that wedding. It's like that, that wouldn't happen. We just didn't mm-hmm. have that ever be the case yeah yeah for sure i feel like the funny challenge i i had was knowing about different kinds of alcohol and what i preferred i just felt Mm. very very uncool not knowing what to like and what to choose and prefer um and i feel like i still struggle to 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 like i've gotten a lot better uh uh but you know in college everybody's like yeah we like um, two buck chuck wine from Trader Joe's. We like, um, <laughs> or like that. So like, or, or like, you know, everybody is like over the, like the gross Mike's hard lemonade. Um, 
mm-hmm. and like all these like gross things and i was like i have no idea what you guys are talking about but sure just pass the bottle um <laughs> yeah and it's it's so like challenging because you have to know all of these like connotations and you can't just trust what you mm-hmm. like or don't like based on what you're you know what your own mm-hmm. taste is mm-hmm. exactly and i mean i grew up in a country where there was no alcohol like alcohol is illegal um and um so we don't have that culture at all um there is you know some people obviously like find ways like to 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 drink but um for the most part it's not part of part of the culture and so i've had to kind of you know figure things out myself and knowing knowing my 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 tolerance uh levels is also also hard um but you, you've also gone through this, even though you, you grew up in Canada. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I didn't have the same, um, like, family connection with, like, alcohol. It was always, like, the only way I got to associate with alcohol was in high school. My friends started drinking and then it was, like, a thing. And it was all that stuff that's not very good tasting. And it's just all sugar. It's, like, Mike's Hard Lemonade or, you know, those kinds of things. Like, um, sparkling mm. ciders that aren't that good uh, or like Smirnoff ices and those kinds of mixer drinks that that are just all sugary and I didn't I was actually very much like a goody two-shoes so I didn't even drink until I was 19 until like the legal drinking age in in Canada because I I was always like no I don't need to do it and I I think that's like a problem or whatever Um, that's so cute (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't do it until I was 19 but then but then I was in the same boat of like drinking like Smirnoff ices and like those kinds of mixed drinks and not really liking them, but also not knowing what else to do because that was the only thing I, I knew. And then getting into <laughs> yeah. wine and then in my 20s and then being around snobby people who are like, oh, you like Moscato? That's terrible. Um, and so I had to learn very quickly about things. Mm-hmm. But I think... Yeah, and, and your parents don't. Yeah, my parents don't drink at all. Um, my dad is like especially like a teetotaler. He, uh, we've been to weddings and things where there has been alcohol, but he will not even touch it. Um, my mom will have like a drink here and there, but it's like, oh, it's a glass of champagne or oh, it's a glass of white wine. Like once every six months, it's very very short. So going from that to then trying to learn about like a regular alcohol drinking culture was a challenge, and then. I got into mm. whiskey because of um, my first boss. He was really interested in whiskey and he had a whiskey tasting club. So he would tell me about that stuff. And That's cute. Yeah. I know you're into into whiskey. Yeah. So that was a good like education where he was not expecting me to know anything. And he was like, okay, these are different regions of Scotland and these are the different types of flavors you can have. And this is what it means if it's aged in a Coke or like in oak cask or like a cherry cask or whatever like those things didn't used to mean anything to me um but mm. he was really good about it Mm-mm-mm. and did you did you notice any kind of difference when you moved to the u.s with like the drinking culture like differences between here and here uh here in canada um a little bit little bit i think the drinking culture is really different from what i can tell when people are younger like i think Mm, because mm. the drinking age here is so much older people really hit it hard when they are legally allowed to um (laughs) yeah whereas like binge drinking is a thing in canada but it wasn't 
I don't remember like that many occasions of people, even people I didn't know, talking about getting blacked out or you know like having really really extreme drinking experiences. It was just like, yeah, you'll make mistakes, and you, yes, you will throw up at, like in a public setting at some point, and yes, you will do something stupid, but only a couple times. It's it's not like this is our mm. weekend every weekend. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like here, like, um, in in the US, in on the weekends, like people in their 20s, uh, especially like kind of just on the weekends, like they don't just drink to enjoy themselves. They drink to like get trashed. Like, I feel like it was like that when I was in college, too. Like, that's what I feel like I, I learned. I saw from people. Um, and but this is interesting because like the few times so I feel like I've traveled to you know gone, gone to other countries and like experienced some like their their nightlife um, like kind of in Europe and uh, in it, some places in the Middle East where there is a nightlife culture like Lebanon and stuff I like you know they drink they have a couple drinks but no one is getting sloppy I don't know I feel like people just love to get sloppy here <laughs> yeah I think that like just drinking to an extreme is something I don't, like I don't know I'm not a sociologist so I don't have all the evidence but it does seem to be more of a regular thing because it was in- interesting for me like during college we had a lot of those occasions um, where people got really messy I got really messy all of that and then as soon as I started working uh, I was in like a, an office job so it became like a different culture so the weekend wasn't about getting trashed it was about like oh like come over to our dinner party or yeah we're gonna go out to the bar but we're all gonna go home mm. at like a reasonable hour and then mm-hmm. when I moved to New York all of a sudden the college days were back because <laughs> there were people at work who were just wanting to go and then party like consistently be out for like six hours so I was like oh my god this is this is this is like a flashback like I haven't done this this hard in years yeah Oh, I mean, it's, it's definitely fun, like, once in a while, like, special occasions when you don't have anything urgent, like, in the next, like, two days after, or, or that Monday, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, definitely when I moved to New York also, I felt like, wow, like, this is, you know, you just, you know, it's just, like, going out at night and drinking just a regular part of the lifestyle. Not for everybody, of course, but, like, for, for a lot of people. Um, and although... 2020 my resolution was no hangovers um because that is just yeah because like i don't know i have a tendency i don't know if this is oversharing on the podcast but it's fine (laughs) like um no no aunties are gonna be listening (laughs) um so (laughs) yeah Um, and so i don't know i just have a habit of overdoing it without realizing and you know i don't know just what you know sometimes it just gets out of hand and i get a bad hangover and so and i was so bummed because in october we we're all supposed to go pumpkin picking and we went out drinking on that friday and i got so like i got so drunk and i had a great time but the next day i was so hung hungover and i couldn't go pumpkin picking the next day and i was so bummed and i was like we planned this for weeks in advance and i was like this is not good like mm. this is when you know like this is you know this is bad when it's like it's getting in preventing the way. you f- yeah getting in the way from doing fun things and stuff so i decided 2020 is the year of like no hangovers and thanks to the quarantine that's been easy to do so 
unfortunately. No, that's good. I mean, you're you're actually keeping to your resolution, which is really rare. But um, so like one of the things we were talking about before, which I think might be relevant, is also um this sense of you know feeling like an outsider, but also trying to like relate to a different culture. And like drinking is one example of that. But we were also mm. like talking about mu- musicians who kind of embody that or came out with music in the last couple of weeks that was relevant to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, have you? I I loved um, the. Uh, artist that you recommended to me Lido Pimienta mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I only listened to, to the one song you sent me but I was like alright <laughs> Josh, has, Josh has great taste uh-huh, <laughs> yeah uh, wait tell me more about her because I feel like I don't really know okay so um, from from what I know so she's um, she's Colombian and also Canadian and she won the Polaris Prize which is like uh, the Canadian equivalent of uh, the like Mercury Prize in the UK, which is the like biggest or most celebrated indie artist of the year, and it's you um, usually be given by critics. So there have been some big winners in the past. Like I think Feist has won it. I think um, Arcade Fire. I think like a a bunch of really prominent um, like people who eventually became really prominent won that award. Actually, I'm not sure if mm. I'm saying my history right, but you can trust me that good people have won that prize before. Um, but <laughs> she, she won that. I believe yeah, you. Yeah, and someone's going to like fact check and be like, this bitch doesn't know what she's talking about, which is, you know. No, no, wait. I, 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 had, I had her Wikipedia page open and now I, I just opened uh, Polaris Music Prize. Yeah. The Polaris Music, yeah, the, their page. Okay. I, you're, you're, you're right you're right a lot of great artists yeah Feist um, Arcade Fire oh, okay so I was right okay great <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> so it's it's a big deal Alanis <laughs> wait Alanis is what it yeah it's an Alanis um, that's bizarre I don't understand what is, what is it Slate's Family Polaris Heritage Prize winners alright in, two, in 2018 you want it? I don't know. Okay. Well, so Anyways. basically, it's a it's a big platform, or it gives artists a big platform who may not be mm. well known and stuff. So she came onto the national scene after like winning that for her first album, um, and then uh, she also recently re-released or like released a new album recently, and it's all in Spanish, and it's it's a very p- particular kind of um, I think. Uh, voice and a very particular kind of story that she's telling that I don't get to hear a lot of usually. So my Spanish is terrible, so I'm barely understanding most of the words, but I, I like look up the um, translations online. Uh, but mm. she's talking about like the Afro um, Latin experience. So when we think of Colombian artists, we tend to either think of like Shakira, who's like Lebanese Colombian, but also like pretty mainstream um or Mm. like maluma or like many of those artists who have a very particular sound so we think about like reggaeton and stuff but we don't have um this very uh like someone who's telling the stories of africa uh, afro latinx people um so her songs are about like loss and her songs are about like aspiration and her, her songs are like much slower they're not like dance bops that we associate with like south american music of like oh it's just, like always party um I see. so it's it's yeah. much it's just a different vibe so that's why i liked it mm. and her 
her videos are also really beautiful. So just like watching the, the videos, it puts you in this like really nice mood. Mm, okay. Yeah, the vi- the video I you sent me was was really really nice. It immediately like captured my attention. Yeah, yeah, and um, she uh, did the setting for it in like the first city in um, in the Americas that uh, was independent, so to speak. So it became like independent of colonial rule, and it was like the the people who were indigenous and like African American um, decided to like rebel and create their own city so it's like everything has a lot of meaning a lot of history and that kind of stuff and plus it's like just very nice to listen to um yeah she shot that video in that city Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, okay yeah i really like that um the aspect that she's like telling stories and like um about her people and you know creating a lot more nuance to the story yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, it, that it's not just made for, um, you know, quick consumption in a dance club, which which is fine, but, you know, that there's more to it. Yeah. Oh, and I was reading something else about it. So it's interesting. The album itself is called Miss Columbia. Um, uh-huh. And so people know about, you know, the pageants, um, the pageant scene in South America, how it's like really big and we're used to seeing mm. like Miss Venezuela, Miss Colombia and stuff doing really well on international pageants. Um, but she tells this story in some interview about how uh, like there, there was a Miss Colombia who didn't, who was like accidentally crowned that one year. Do you remember that? Right, with Steve Harvey. With Steve Harvey, where he like announced her as the winner, but then it was actually Miss Philippines who had won. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, and so, uh, when Miss Philippines got her like rightful award, excuse me, there was a whole bunch of like angry racist hate directed to her about like oh. how she had stolen it from the rightful winner and blah blah blah. And so um, she, Lido talks about it in an interview how she felt really weird because she was like, um, she was she supports her country, but also she sees in pageants a very like white vision of what Colombians are and what Colombians can, mm. can look like. Um, mm-hmm. And so, that one, it's it seems much more homogenous than it really is. And also, like people who are supporting this um, person who comes from a mixed country are now attacking someone for their race, which is like terrible. So anyway, yeah. Um, well, it's a fun album. Check it out, and I'm, I'm sure it's uh, it's I will. Be, you know getting played for a while. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to um, Sawayama? Oh yes, yeah. Speaking of some things that are lighter, <laughs> <laughs> so good. I, I feel like she's she's also doing. You know, she has like an amazing fun sound but she's also kind of doing uh what you're talking about how she's kind of uh talking about her experience as a uh, person of japanese heritage um living in the uk and she even has a really cute song called um tokyo it's called tokyo love story i think tokyo love song oh uh, t- and... uh tokyo love hotel i think tokyo love hotel yeah and it's so cute and i really like it's one of my favorite songs on the album and it's she's basically uh she said that it's basically about how uh people always kind of romanticize tokyo and have like so many artists have songs about like being in a hotel in tokyo Mm. like i think sean mendez has one (laughs) and he does uh and it kind of reminds me of like things like lost in translation uh with bill murray Mm -hmm. and scarlett johansson where like you know they're in 
Tokyo and it's a hotel and it's like or just kind of the international like kind of uh, and I, I don't think she's saying like it's necessarily like kind of outright like I don't know like you know bad or but I think she's just saying like oh so many people sort of romanticize it too much yeah or fetishize it, almost to the point where they're fetishizing it but she and she's like uh I, but she all but she wants to she she still wants to sing a love song about Tokyo uh and she and like the lyrics are something like um oh this is just another love song about Tokyo and you know there's so many out there but this is but this is still but this is my version. Like this is my take on it. Like it's kind of basically the, the, the gist of it. Mm. Yeah, like trying to tell her version of that story, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just being like um, falling in line with what the stereotype is. Yeah, like still kind of acknowledging how it is romantic, and she she sees that it's beautiful too. But kind of also being like. Hmm. Okay, let's not be like too fetishy, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally agree because we often have that weird, weird sensation where you'll watch something that's, you know, like being people who are always in between cultures, you'll watch something in mainstream Western culture that is um, referencing something from your other culture and there's a part of you that's like really happy. It's like, oh, this is finally being shown or I'm so happy to get representation. But then another part of you is like, that's actually not the right like way to do this. <laughs> like you've you've made a mistake in how you're showing it or what you're yeah. showing isn't actually true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wish like there was more like that about there was even more uh, Middle Eastern sort of representations. Sex and City 2 comes to mind and that was <laughs> just not great. <laughs> that wasn't a documentary? <laughs> No, that wasn't uh, like accurate depictions of the culture. Um, I mean, the worst thing is, like, the worst thing is, is that they things that they said, like you know, weren't necessarily untrue, but it was how they said it. You know, mm. um, you know, like um, I can't remember now. Like, it's it's kind of been a while, but it's just kind of more of like the perception of it is what of how things are which was awful but then yeah. there were like some pretty awful things at the end when like like all these men were like yelling at samantha and throwing i don't know throwing condoms at her i don't remember exactly but it was just bizarre mm. <laughs> and this scene when all these like veiled women wearing our like take off their clothes and like reveal like haute couture <laughs> like like yeah we're wearing like high fashion underneath us. like it was just really bizarre <laughs> And it's true, like women in the Middle East wear amazing clothes, but I don't know. That was that was just weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very hard because it's usually done by people who like don't really, I don't know, don't really have a foot in the culture. So it's like, even if they're doing it in an admiring way, it can come off wrong because they won't get certain things. Yeah, yeah. I think the worst thing that they did was like at the end of the movie kind of like the thesis of the third journey mm-hmm. was that because Samantha was being berated for like uh, being sexually open in the Middle East like by people in the UAE like they were like yelling at her or whatever like at the end she's like back in America and like having sex in public in a car and then and I don't know the narration like kind of touches on like yeah and being able to be free and do whatever you want and there's like fireworks in the background and I was like okay like basically they're saying like oh we're happy to be American and just kind of like have sex in public in a car I don't know yeah it's a a very black and white thing of like (laughs) this is where things are better 
Yeah, the, they did the 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 one thing that I liked from their yeah depiction was that they like Carrie had interactions with a labor worker who was like a waiter at the hotel she stayed at, and and he was like, "Oh, I I'm working here because I, I send money to my family and I want to go marry my wife." Like. Um, and she's like helps him, gives him money. But like, I was like, okay, that's like kind of good, but also like very like, oh yeah, like I don't know. It was uncomfortable, also. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I totally hear that. Um, on a much like lighter note, uh, like yeah. I was listening to the Pussycat Dolls remix of J Ho. <laughs> yeah, and that's just that was one of those moments where. We, like, <laughs> it was a big deal in India and it was a big deal in the Indian diaspora when J-Ho won an Oscar because it was like validation from like Hollywood and it was such a big deal mm. but mm-hmm. and so it was nice to see like Nicole Scherzinger who's like a big star like sing on top of that song but at the same time it was just bad like she doesn't speak any Hindi in the whole song and the song that she's singing mm. in English has nothing to do with the words Jeho or anything to do with the original song and she's just like dancing in a bindi and it's like cool like I appreciate it but yeah. I wish uh, there was more yeah it was it was just um like this weird sensation of like so glad that you noticed but also why did you make it this bad? <laughs> like, couldn't you have... And I think also, like, going back to um, Rina Sawayama, like, her... It's interesting. I was reading about her that she moved to the UK when she was five years old. So, for all intents and purposes, mm. like, she is English. She is British. She is, like, from the United Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's very hard for her... Like, it w- I think it would have been hard for her to be taken seriously as just a British artist. Um, like, that part of her identity is still, like... They will always associate her as being like half Japanese or like originally born in Japan and having some sort of like Japanese thing, um, like as part of her history. Um, Mm -hmm. And she plays with that really well in like throughout the album, like in the song Excess, like it starts off with this like um, almost like kabuki voice at the beginning and then gets into just being like a poppy bop. Um, Mm. And it's it's very uh, I found it really interesting because we were talking about like Lido. Pimienta and her music takes some engagement to like think about okay she's singing a sad song about loss and she's referring historical events or referring to historical events um Rina's version of that is just like bite-sized string cheese like it's very easy (laughs) to consume where like Mm -hmm. in her video for um one of the other songs uh it's called like STFU it's just literally Mm. in the video she's on a date with this guy who fetishizes Asian women and is like clearly an ass like he doesn't know what he's talking about and whatever Mm, mm, mm. so it's just it's very accessible it's not a complicated thing Mm, 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 mm. so uh, so saying yeah like her a little bit less um you know serious i guess heavy so she's more playful no i think it's yeah i think it's it's still serious but it's yeah it's much more playful like i saw her doing an interview on youtube where well, it wasn't an interview. It was like a whatever, like a, a monologue where she's like talking about her album, but she did it as a makeup tutorial. So she's like doing her makeup and then also talking about her music and answering fan questions, mm. um, which is so like 2020s. Like that's so <laughs> Gen Z. 
<laughs> where it's like people will only tune in if you're doing like a makeup tutorial or if you're doing like i don't know like a haul or something or whatever people watch on youtube Mm-mm-mm. yeah yeah she definitely has a kind of cute fun flair um which i really like about her um and wait so okay i <laughs> going back so the pussycat dolls have an oscar is that what you're saying <laughs> No, no, sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine? Um, and if and like Nicole would probably like kill all the others so that she could be the only Oscar winner. Um, <laughs> no, so the song uh, won an Oscar because it was on the soundtrack for Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. And the music director or the producer of the song, um, A.R. Rahman, he won the Oscar for like best score or best song. I'm not, I think it was best song. I see. So he won an Oscar, Mm. but at the same time, I think it was probably the studio that was like campaigning for the film was like, Oh, most people have not heard the soundtrack unless they've seen the film. And the song is like really good. How do we get it to more radio stations or get more people to hear it? Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll just get somebody who's famous to do a cover of it. And that's when the Pussycat Dolls came in. Right, right. Okay, I see. So it's not n- not their ver. It wasn't their version that won the Oscar. No, no, because yeah. th- that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, you're right. or maybe it was in like some cut of the movie, but it wasn't. I, I, I remember that because I remember like it being like a, a, a good song in the in the movie. Yeah, I don't think like the Pussycat Dolls version plays in the maybe in the end credits or something, but I think in the movie itself, I don't think it it plays. Yeah, no. and then the pop version that came out like afterwards they were in it exactly it was to like capitalize on the attention yeah yeah um so do you, are, are there th- other things that you feel like you've seen in the media that made you feel good or uncomfortable um kind of like how i was talking about sex and city um well the the indian thing is always really funny i think um because it's so fetishized in some ways like people love talking about yoga and people love talking about like crystals and ayurveda and all that stuff and it's a very superficial understanding or even not an understanding it's just like nonsense it's just um <laughs> it's just <goop. laughs> yeah it's literally goop it's just Gwyneth Paltrow talking about nonsense um and so it, like it's nice to get the the attention but it's also like troubling because it's not very accurate mm. um it's interesting have you seen the the new drag race or I'm, this week's episode? i'm a couple of episodes behind but um okay but you can tell me because so I, let's I, talk I... about this afterwards okay okay well because it's um this very thing comes up because one of the queens um so they have a challenge like the maxi challenges for them to uh talk about you know being american mm-hmm. but in a in, in their own mm. personal way. Um, and one of the queens is Muslim and also half Canadian. Is it Jack- um, Jackie? And so, mm-hmm, it is Jackie. Yeah, I saw, I saw, saw her... the Jeff Goldblum, because you retweeted, you retweet really good stuff, by the way. And I saw, <laughs> so I <laughs> saw, I saw that little clip of him talking and I was like, excuse me? And just being like yeah. super racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, and that was her, um, her look. She was like a hijabi woman. Mm. Um, and it wasn't done as a joke. Like she didn't have like a reveal underneath that was like a bikini. <gasps> oh like, no, this Can is you my. <laughs> That'd be so. <laughs> yeah. But that's the kind of thing I would expect from like and like a non-Muslim drag queen to just be like, oh, <laughs> captains, reveal. Like. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um but the show wasn't ready to engage with that, right? So it was just like not received. Yeah. And I mean, they could have edited that out. Like, you know what I mean? Like if if your guest comes on your show and just talks a bunch of like BS, then I would like just edit it out. You know what I mean? Like uh but I don't think they know. That's the thing, right? Like if you look at um who's in the production hello? of that show, hello? it's like a lot of Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? So um, when it comes to thinking about like editing it out, I think if you look at the production of the show, all the production staff are like, yes, they're gay men, but they're all like white gay men of a certain type. So it's it doesn't actually have a lot of representation for someone of a different religion or someone even of like different ethnic Mm -hmm. backgrounds. I understand. I mean, I guess I don't really know how TV producers work and stuff. I'm like, but um, yeah, it's kind of like how we edited a ton of like lame things that I said last week. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding <laughs> did we and yet <laughs> um just kidding um okay um also i wanted to thank you for all uh the great kylie recommendations <laughs> oh you're welcome i'm always happy to to spread the love yeah to, to I'm, I'm down for like next week we can talk about um we can talk like I, i'll listen to like as much as i can from her discography and then we can, and then we can talk oh about god. it next week. Oh my god! Yeah, if if we have like a Kylie moment, that would be yeah, very, very yeah, happy. we could do that. <laughs> I've been um, I've been trying to like uh, a few days ago. I, I listened to like all of Lady Gaga's albums, um, and so I'm doing Kylie next. Um, yeah, oh, wow. Um, but I didn't listen to Cheek to Cheek by Gaga though. I don't. I just kind of skipped that. <laughs> 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 right yeah. everything but um but yeah we can we can we can talk about kylie too perfect yeah i mean we can talk about retrospectives now that we have time to like listen to the artists like full repertoire <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah so um are there any other things that we didn't touch upon oh my god so <laughs> many other things um but it's been an hour, so I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've got to get going, too. Um, so um, we will continue um, next week. Hey, I didn't get to talk. We didn't, we will. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about Fiona Always a Apple's pleasure. album yet. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, everybody's a Fiona <laughs> yeah. Apple gay now. Okay. But, yes. We'll, 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 I'll let that, like, cook and stir because I need to listen to it a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a lot of sadness everybody should, should download it it's okay, like the best great. um all right i like this uh sunday afternoon chat yeah it was yeah. very nice and relaxing i hope other people like it too <laughs> yeah all right well have a good rest of your day and i'll talk to you soon all right talk to you soon Take care. bye, bye.